Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm an idiot. This is my wife, Julie. (laughs) We are the blended life. And tonight... We're going to talk about tit for tat. So when you get into arguments with your significant other about eye for an eye stuff, we're going to talk about why that happens, what you can do to counteract that and shift it, and basically what it creates in your marriage when you engage in that way. So enjoy, you guys. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry it has been a hot minute. Is that still a phrase? (laughs) (laughs) Blended family, blended life has been so crazy. But today we are, we're coming straight in with the tit for tat. Oh my gosh, look at you introducing our topic like that. You just wanted to say tit. I, that's really like all I know, of that. that's yeah, all I just the only reason it. why you went for I, it. I said it twice now, so. I know, you feel very good about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because I think that, I don't think, I know a lot of couples, and you and I even have gotten into it where our arguments or our conversations are very. Tit? For tat. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I just wanted to say it again. Uh, oh my gosh. So I'm just curious, what are your initial thoughts about this and and how have you seen it? Well, here's what I want to do. And, and I know people <laughs> listen to our podcast, so um, I'm curious. So you can share about our story because I think it would be helpful. One? Like, how do you think when we go down the road of that tit for tat yeah. communication how do you think it helps? Like, do you think it helps us? Do you think it hinders us? Do you think that we win or lose? Like, do, what do you, what's the outcome of no, that? No, it's like for being, us? it's like, it's like childish playground games. It's like he threw sand in my eyes, so I'm going to throw sand back in his eyes. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time it's been productive, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say it's 99.999% of the time not a productive way of dealing with anything in life. And um, in a blended family, I feel like there are so many avenues and so many situations 
where it can be tit for tat or eye for an eye if you want to be more PC about it. Um, but there is just there's just no nothing that really seems to be constructive that comes out of it. It's almost like a time to create a little bit of war and a little bit of friction, and that's where you get your jabs in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the time to talk about those subjects because at the time of um, that argument – usually someone's hurt or someone's in the wrong or it's a place of someone being down, you know? So when you, when you come at it at a place like this, it basically puts a hierarchy to you and your spouse or your child or whoever you're arguing with. And it basically um, justifies a wrong being by, by bringing up another wrong being. So therefore we're justified now. Well, you know, Johnny down the block did a drive by and shot at my house. So I went and shot up his house, you know, I mean, that's going extreme with it. But at the end of the day, is that a productive way of dealing with something, you know, just, just to put it into like a bigger perspective, the things that we deal with in in blended families is usually much smaller than that, but you see where I'm going with it. No, I agree. And I think that you, We model for our kids, you know, bigger picture here. We model for our kids how to argue, you know, so how to fight. So in my household growing up, fighting consisted of yelling and screaming. Yeah. That's how I learned fighting was. And I didn't like it because I was the recipient of it often. And then I would have to fight back that way. Because you want to get on someone's level, you know, for them to hear you. It escalates things, right? And so I didn't like how I felt when I screamed and yelled. So I know going into it, I mean, I'm a loud person anyway, but I don't yell and scream. Like, I grew up with that. I didn't like any part of it. It never resolved anything. Mm -hmm. But this tit for tat thing, I think, eye for an eye thing, that our kids learn from 100%, us. And 100%. I and I have to say I feel like we're guilty about this in our own home quite often. And I'm curious why like why is it so easy? I could you could ask me if you're interested in me, but I'm asking you and I'm not just pointing it at you like I we both do it equally. Equally. Right. right. We both engage in it. Right. So, I'm just asking you why is it such an easy thing to it, it comes naturally. Like, it's just that's how it goes. Right. It doesn't matter if you start it or I start it. It is so easy and natural to because, fall into it. Because what it does is it justifies. It justifies an action or at least um, at least softens it, you know. if uh, Explain. What do you mean justifies an action or softens it? It like, basically takes the harsh edge off it. Like, usually when it's eye for an eye in our family, it's to deal with a kid. A kid mm-hmm. has done something. Your son comes through the front door, slams it behind him, okay? I'm like, dude, this kid needs to stop slamming doors. Well, at least he doesn't go up da- up and down the stairs rubbing his hands on the white wall, you know, with his skates on. And all of a sudden, it's like it brings it up to like where, okay, well, now we're even again. But mm-hmm. now we're even on such a higher level of – um. Neither thing got solved. Neither in thing that got moment. solved. But both it, might be true. No, but what it does, but, neither thing but it got tries solved. to it tries to justify it, and rather bringing the tone down, justifying it. it what it does, it. it escalates rather than de-escalating. Yeah. So now we're both at a place of defense 
but now I'm righteous for being mad about your son slamming the door, but you're righteous for him slamming the door because my son does it. Therefore, it tit for tats and like no one's better than anyone else in our house. Yes, and it equals, we're all equal. Yes, it equals everything out, and mm. now all of a sudden, like it's okay because it has happened before a different way. <laughs> but notice, you guys, even as we're talking about this, the one thing I keep thinking about is neither problem solved. Hundred percent. Like that's also, ex- that's exactly nothing good comes yep. from it because. Kids still, go, my son's still gonna slam the door. Your kid's still going to wipe his hands on the walls. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no one even recognized the other person was doing these things That's or it. dealt with it right. or corrected a behavior. We're now just fighting for turf. And now home. we're righteous in our own reasons yeah. why it happened and yeah. how it went down. And again, nothing got solved. Yeah. I thought we I we got we're like minutes now into our podcast, but we should probably for I mean I'm sure there's some people and listeners who are like, What the hell are you talking about? What is tit for tat? Okay. So I thought I went and looked up a definition <laughs> yeah. because I can explain it, but why reinvent the wheel if there's already a perfectly great explanation? I love it. Let's do it. So I, I looked it up and it was tit for tat is the infliction of an injury or insult. In return for one, that one has suffered. Okay. Which is so, like, you hurt me, like you said, I'm gonna hurt you. You're gonna call out my kid. Well, then I'm gonna call out your kid. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna recognize me, so I'm not gonna recognize you. Like, I am going to equalize this hurt so that you can understand. So at the end, what of, the, at the, end of the day, I don't, I don't even know where the term tit for tat came from. That's a weird one. <laughs> we should look it up. If you guys know, write in. Tell let us. It, let, yeah, let us know. But Maybe I we think, should start saying eye for an eye. But I think eye for an eye is dead dead on because probably, and I'm just I'm speculating here, mm-hmm. I'm guessing back in the day it was like you stabbed my, out or, uh, my eye out or you poked my eye out, I'm going to poke your eye out. You know, it's... Uh, and it's, what's the Bible verse about that? What is the eye? Uh, the the stick in the eye. You what have to it? pull out your own first, <laughs> you know? Okay, you Bible scholar, you. I couldn't tell. I mean, That's actually uh, a different. Might be in Romans. No, yeah, but, this, but the saying is different. It's basically about pointing people's. Faults out. Faults out before. So I guess it's kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like you, like before you go and. Sh- pull the plank out of your own eye. Yeah. Sorry. So. What's wrong? Oh, I hear your phone. Where is <laughs> My phone's going off. Oh, it's, it's up there, there streaming live for all of our <laughs> all of our Blended Life Raw followers. If so, you guys want to be part of Blended Life Raw, a lot of people we've had a lot of people trying to request and follow and be part of it. If you guys do, the way to get into Blended Life Raw, which is kind of our behind the scenes, um, we're we're slowly building it as we go, but um, it's basically by becoming a Patreon or buy me a coffee supporter. And some other perks come with it, and as we build supporters, we'll build some, we'll build perks, and we'll basically build more communities. And so. also, want to throw out there that if you sign up for my coaching, one of my coaching programs, that I'm also gonna <laughs> surprise you. Also, <laughs> will have access to raw. Oh, really? Okay. If I'm you're, okay with that. I mean, I like it. So let's build it. That is another way to, without having to join the Patreon and buy me a coffee, if you're interested in in coaching. Um, we'll also give, throw that in as a perk. What your coaching is like just quick little recap on what it is. Mm, Yeah. So I'm a certified life and health coach. 
Um, but I, I focus mostly on life coaching and that's basically just, um, helping people pull forward their truth and pull forward who they want to be in the life they want their heart's desires. And then we get them there. And you specialize in stepmoms, blended families. Yeah. Um, yeah, divorcing. I'm an expert in blended families, um, step parenting, I don't think that I walk on water as a stepmom, but listen, I'm a stepchild my whole life. I've had step parents, a stepmom and stepdad my whole life. I am a stepmom now. So what I do bring to the table is a dynamic that understands really all sides of it. And then also being a bio parent and, you know, there's a lot of different facets that people not living all of those can't understand. And so that is something I bring to the table that is really, really useful. So um, I would love to talk. If you guys want more information on coaching or how I can help you in your blended family or your bio parent, step parent journey, let me know. Reach out. Um, Becoming heard now at gmail.com is my email address and you can email me there and I will get you more information. And on this subject... You have tits and tats, so you are perfect for this. Dear Lord. Um, Finish your prayer. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was considering this topic, I wanted to really talk about, we're going to get to four ways you can break the cycle, this tit-for-tat argument cycle that happens a lot in blended families because we're talking about things that are, really offensive, right? right? Our exes, our children, um, you know, expectations and boundaries and beliefs and values. Even and us in our own, even us in our own up. household, you know, like laundry or uh, bathroom habits. Like, oh, you left the the lid off the toothpaste. Oh, well, you didn't take out the, you didn't take off the roll of toilet paper and exchange it last time. Just real basic things, right? Yeah, and I think that it's really easy in blended families to do. So when you when we talk about this and why we get involved and what's actually happening when you're entering into this kind of communication with your spouse is, one, you're highly reactive. Do you feel that when you start down this road? Like, you get reactive. Like, I have 20 things I've been saving up. Yeah, because it points, it, it pokes a score. nerve. It keeps score, and, like, all of a sudden, it's like, wait, I didn't know we were keeping score on any of this. And I'm really bad at keeping score. Like, Are I, you, though? I, I really am. Though. Are like, you, though? Like, truly, at the end of Are the day, <laughs> if, I, if I wanted to go back and, like, keep score, I'm like, oh, my gosh. My, I wouldn't have time in life, you know? Like, because at the end of the day, we are all human we are all making mistakes and i'm not saying that you couldn't keep a, a a bigger tally and a bigger score also i'm not i'm not perfect at all but if i really wanted to i'm like man what an exhausting day that would be what an unloving day towards my spouse mm-hmm. or my family or people around me that that would be if i was constantly tallying up and keeping score so at the end of the day i'm not really good at keeping score i don't because i don't like to i don't like to put people's faults and downfalls and shortcomings um, and and basically uh, paint that picture of that's who they are because then all of a sudden that's who that person becomes to you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are constantly keeping score of your spouse or your children, eventually that score is going to tally up to be who they are in your mind. Yeah. 
stumped her, you guys. You didn't. I'm just curious I, because I you do live like that a lot. I would agree with that. However, when things aren't dealt with and they're not like when you just let things go, there's no lesson to be learned. Right. right. There's no people aren't um, brought to task in a way that grows them and betters them. So when you ignore bad behavior, I don't when know if you, I'd even necessarily call when it When you, all. like, turn a blind eye to bad behavior, it's almost like you are... Um, Culpable? You're, yeah, you're, 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 you're enabling them enabling in them. a way that's, like, it's okay because I'm going to let you get away with this bad behavior and never address it yeah. and not stand up for anything. So it's okay for you to behave like this because there's zero consequence, and that's the... And and so I, I agree with not keeping score, but what I disagree with, and that's where the dangerous thing, I mean, it's it's when you don't deal with things, they get housed in you. Right. And it becomes an issue when you're in relationship with other people. Because it doesn't, it doesn't create that conversation for us to learn and grow from. Yeah, and it's easy. It's hard to stand for things. It's easy to turn a blind right. eye and ignore it really bad is, behavior, but, you know? But at the end of the day, when it's like, this is happening from your spouse, this is happening from your biological kid, this is happening from your stepkid or kids, Especially this is happening kids, from though, you have to address a co-worker. It, yeah, 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 but so my point is, though, not keeping score on all of this where it's like I mark down every single thing, I tally up every single yeah. thing, but there's some that, like, we need to talk about. There's some that yeah. do need to be learned, you know what I mean? There's little things where it's like, this isn't such a big deal, but this is a big deal, you know? So one thing that will help your spouse not want to keep score or, you know, if things have been dealt with and addressed, there is no score to keep. I think how people start tallying things, it's when, like, my son slams the door, but he's never talked to about it, and it's a behavior that's just not addressed and right. keeps happening. You're going to keep score of that because it's never parented. It's never corrected. It keeps happening. And so, but if it's addressed and you know that it's been addressed, you've seen me parent that, you don't need to, it's not something that is necessarily needed to keep score. So what I think happens when blended families, when there's step parents involved, especially, it's like um, step parents watch. The thing about step parents is that they have like an outside view. Right. They're not in the nucleus. And so they have kind of a a different view of what's happening and step parents are actually a great resource because they see things that bio parents might not right because they're in it too deep um and so when step parents are seeing things and they're not nothing's being addressed nothing's being ha- not nothing but there's things that aren't being addressed issues that are being ignored things that aren't being handled it is something that a step parent kind of keeps because I don't know. I think that's just a way that I think that I'm just trying to explain how the tally starts happening. Yeah. So people can understand like, okay, if that's the source, how do we cut it out? How do we get rid of that source? Well, it's being able to have a really good relationship with your partner and trust that what matters to them 
whether it matters to you or not matters. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It matters. Yeah. Whether you agree with it or not, they're your person. Well, that's it. it. Matters. So if it matters to them, then at the end of the day, it should matter it to should. you or at least be heard by you. Rather right. Acknowledged. Or, yeah. So if you don't necessarily agree with it, at right. least you're aware of it. Right. You know? Um, but I also think that's where a lot of um, parenting and internal co-parenting, meaning like you and your spouse, mm. that's where a lot of um, mud can get stirred up, you know, because, for instance, you're you're very much on the point that we parent differently. You and I parent very differently. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not on the exact same page as you about something, how do we get around that without it creating further problems or deeper rooted problems mm-hmm. in our relationship that we have already? So I deal with this in coaching a lot and without giving too much away. Um, the thing about communication, it, the point of communication is not agreeance. When you're talking with your spouse and you've brought this up in a couple podcasts ago, of course, we're going to parent different. You're male. I'm female. Right. Like we bring a different dynamic and perspective to the table just merely because we're different sexes. Right. Yeah. Then, you know. We have, we're our own people outside of gender. You know, we grew up with different childhoods. We were raised differently and that informs how we parent. So it's not even necessarily the fact that we have kids with other people. It's just our upbringing, our gender, our value system, because we're our own individual peoples. And that's what your point was. It's like, listen, right. we, it's not because we're in a blended family. Right. It's because we're just human, yeah. which I thought was really great. But it's it's so communication is is the point of communication is connection. Okay. It is not agreeance. Yeah. So sure. if you can communicate and be understand that, like I'm not trying to convince you to get on my bandwagon and you're not like that's not the point of it the point if you had a bandwagon i would get on it (laughs) yeah but the point of it is connection intimacy um bonding building relationships so what you can ask yourself is is this going to bring us closer together and it's a mindfulness that you have to bring to it now people just want to engage and be like you know, marriage is work. I don't know what to tell you, right? Like you have to be mindful about what you say and how you say it because it words matter. Well, here's the other thing too, is that if so, you don't necessarily agree with what your partner's saying, that's okay. It's okay. But as long as you hear them and understand that, maybe it'll help you navigate to better suit, um, you know, a more evenness between you. And I guess even's not, but more of a parallel Right. mindset between you two you know it's uh without going to like crazy extreme you know analogies which i like to do if you just if you understand the the thinking or the mindset of your spouse you might then you know be able just to navigate your your things that you do your, everything yeah. that comes up so and listen if something really matters to your spouse and it really doesn't matter to you let them have it right because I can guarantee you somewhere down the road, something's going to matter a lot to you. Something's going to be very important and your spouse is going to look at you like. And I know we have done that in our relationship. So some things that don't really matter to me, but like are nails on a chalkboard to you right. are like rules in our home. Right. And vice versa. Things that really matter to me, 
you know, that he's like, this is like not a big deal at all. Our rules in our home. We ha- yeah, I mean, super basic ones, super basic ones, right? Yeah. Like so leaving lights on, slamming doors, like they're like they're basic, and uh, those are the ones that I'm like, dude, these get under my skin so bad, and you don't really seem to even care that much, right? No, well, I mean, it's not a hill I'm gonna die on. Like right. it, you know. I'm willing to die. You would die. I'm, for I'm gonna things. die for. The, I'm gonna die for the lights. Yeah. And the so, water. Oh my gosh, I was so anyway. Um, there. So I think that. When you're coming at your spouse, it is also like understand that this isn't who cares if you don't agree. Uh, I guess that's and people are so like we're going to not make it if we don't agree on everything. And that's an unrealistic expectation. And you're you know, even parents who aren't in blended families don't agree on how children should be raised. Right. Um, They. They think that things should be different and they have their own struggles. So you're not if because a lot of people are step parents that aren't bio parents and have never been in a blended family and they think this is all just wild. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not all wild. There's just a lot more dynamics to it, a lot more facets. But a lot of the core problems, you know, that blended families have, you know, natural families also have. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I just want to put that out there, too, that I don't want people to get disheartened when they feel like they're in this blended family and it's a shit show. Well, marriage can be a shit show regardless. Well, something, as you're talking about this, something I've noticed about a lot of people, and I'll use my parents, for example, but a lot of older people that we've met along the way that have been together for a long time, including, like, your parents, um, think about older couples, and all you guys, think about older couples that you know that have been together for, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. They don't eat, sleep, drink, laugh, joke, appreciate all the exact same things as one another. They are different people. They are not two identical people. A lot of older people banter a lot because, you know, old Martha likes to say and do things. And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah. Sorry if there's any young Marthas out (laughs) there. No offense. And and Grandpa Bill. Sorry, Grandpa Bill. And Bill's. And then, um, you know, but they 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 kind of joke about each other in front of each other. They don't take back. it so seriously. They don't take it so seriously. They have yeah. learned to live with one another and accept one another for who they are. And I think as young blended families, which probably a lot of us are, you know, we're all within mm-hmm. a decade of being married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all have children that are in the house or mm-hmm. right around that age or just out of the house. You know, it's, it's, we're all still being affected by our children. We're all younger, um, in that, in that respect. But think of all the older people that we know, yeah. they have all learned to give and take and yeah. just well, accept they, one another. I think that, and you see this in our own children because children are so idealistic, right? Fairy tales. They're going to make a million dollars and live on you know, five acres with two farm. I mean, our kids are, you're dreaming small. Well, our kids, our kids are, you know, kids can be very idealistic, right? right? They think, they think the world is just, it's an easy place. And and they're entitled. Right. And so I think that what you're talking about is blended family, married couples are immature in the sense of they're immature in their idealism. 
you know our, our idealism is so right how it should be well right now and how it should be and this yep. is how it should be and this is what it is right now and it's not perfect right now and we're not living in that little white house with the picket it's, fence or whatever whatever that it's story it's a very you know? immature idealistic yeah. way and that's you know and i think what you're speaking to is a maturity level that you let go of idealism and start holding on to like gratitude gratitude values um, love, appreciating one another, being yeah. grateful for what we do have right now and what we do do right now. I had you to, I had to, I, know, I had to separate <laughs> them so I didn't have tits and doo doo all in the same podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're gonna get texts about this. Texts, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh well. Um. Okay, but I do want to talk about. So tit for tat, this is what came up for me when I was thinking about. I made a list. Because this is how we come at our spouses when we engage like this, right? We're highly reactive, highly offended, yeah. on high alert. It's a competition and we're pitting, we're pitting ourselves against one another. We're trying to one-up each other or tear the other person down. You know, we're upper hand focused. It's a power struggle and a winner-loser mentality. And when you think of all those things, you're probably like, yeah, yeah, that's so, t- yeah, yeah. And I want to ask you, does that create intimacy in your marriage? Like, is that a safe relationship to belong in? And I think that's the danger of letting this be a way you continue to fight, argue, communicate, problem solve. When you are tempted to go there, ask yourself, is this going to bring us closer together? or farther apart and what is your bigger goal because no when you have to live on high alert with your spouse when you are trying to make your spouse a loser and you a winner when you're trying to engage in a power struggle it's very divisive and it is not going to cultivate a happy loving mature marriage that will ultimately last right when we engage in this over time it erodes and deteriorates our relationship it's a breakdown in communication that does become we're just highly offended now we're just offending each other and I don't think that's a loving relationship when you're choosing to constantly and whether and I want to go why we do this because I want to explain why we do this I think I nailed that down but you know, when you're engaged in this, it is not worth it. And so you can stop it. If you don't engage in something, it doesn't continue. So even if you're listening to this and your spouse is not, and you guys find yourselves always eye for an eye and really offended by each other's children, and he's call, he's calling my kid out for this, but his kid, we talked to a waitress the other well, we've talked to yeah, her a couple times, but couple this, times, this very yeah. same thing for kids, right? Well, mom's boyfriend's kids can get away with murder, but we're under a microscope, and it's that tit for tat. And kids, it affects kids, and kids learn this. And kids see this, and then kids hate this because this is putting into question love, safety, and belonging. Engaging in this puts into question your most basic needs as a human, which is love, safety, and belonging. 
And that's a little coaching tidbit that you can take with well, you. Well, and then can I also call, kind of call everyone out on okay. another way? Be, well, because call everyone yeah. out. Well, because a way that you really, really, really muddy up your relationship and your family is doing this tit for tat, but mm-hmm. doing it with friends, not even doing it with your spouse, not even tit for tat with your spouse or eye for an eye with your spouse, but having these conversations with your friends or coworkers or people around you. And it's like, man, I am so sick of my stepkids doing this and doing that. You know, and calling out your stepkids. Is that tip for tat or is that venting? No, well, I think it's venting, but I think it's, it's, you're, you've had this argument going on and. So you're now just continuing the tip for tat. Almost, but in a, in a way that can't be, it's, it's, it's the tit without the tat. It's only the tits. Okay. And you're titting all your friends and you're talking about, you're talking about all, you know, everything that they do. But what it does, or even your spouse, and mm-hmm. you talk about all your spouse's tits and all, everything that they do. I'm going to talk about all just, your tits. Yeah. <laughs> but all these tits add up on your mind, on your friend's mind, or your... And um, that's all everyone is seeing, your tits. And everyone sees all these negative tits all around you all the time. And now all of a sudden you have this tainted relationship. You have a tainted relationship full of tits. And everyone is just like, man, this relationship's terrible. Why are you with this person? Oh. You have terrible stepkids. And no, that is a that is a trap that we kind of set ourselves. We walk into that set up by us for it, yes. You know what it is? It's, oh gosh. It's a booby trap. Okay. <laughs> and I get in trouble for saying the words but that I'm funny. I say. <laughs> but, I but get I, in trouble, but this is fine. This is all right. Everyone, are everyone we knows. Still a family uh, podcast like, or yeah, no? No, everyone's no. like, no. This guy's an idiot. Like we just we Dude, listen to listen I just to get Julie. in trouble for all kinds yeah, of stuff, but yeah, yeah. this is fine. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you guys. We haven't been on air in a long time. <laughs> You're just like slap happy. Yes. You're just very excited yes. to talk to everyone. Yes. Again. Hi, you guys. Sorry, we've been so distant. Mm. <laughs> It's not you. It's not you. It's me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Uh, my God. We just, I I mean, I was in a wedding last weekend. Life has been crazy. Work's been crazy. Kids in 100 directions. I've been focused on Lori Short's book, Grace-Filled Step Parenting, and doing Instagram Lives every week for that. So if you guys aren't on Instagram, go over to Instagram and watch all the lives. We did, I think, six. And the last one, she actually came on with me, and we talked. And so the... um, there's content you just gotta go find it, but that's what we've been pouring ourselves into this week. Yeah, or this yeah, last just, couple weeks, just life. So we we apologize. It's been a couple weeks, mm. and and we felt it. Our, our ratings have gone down, <laughs> but that's <laughs> all right. You people true listeners, I know, but which is nice. Also, like, hey, we have people that actually care to listen to us, mm. even in all of our silliness. So thank you guys for being here. We would uh, I say it at the end of usually every podcast, but truly, we are so yeah. appreciative of you guys. So. Yeah. I also, can I bring up something else? I don't know. Can you? Okay, yes. I don't, why are you asking me for How permission? Well, you do what you I, I, I want to ask a question to you. How important do you think it is, and maybe men are different. I would say women would say this is very important, but I don't know what men think. Or well, I can't speak for all men. All men. But all men? Like, all men. Do you think it's important to feel like your your marriage and your relationship, if you're not married, but your relationship is a safe. hundred percent. Like safe. Like it is a safe yeah. place where I can go be either be myself or 
tell my spouse anything. I don't have to hide anything. I don't have to lie. I don't have to like, it's a safe space. He can see or she can see me any light. And I know that they're going to have my back. I'm going to be protected and I'm going to be loved no matter what. Like, is that something that you think about when you think, think about marriage? Well, okay, so I think men, I think men in general. Oh, I thought you couldn't speak for I me. can't, but I think Just men kidding. in general, like, we have this You don't automatic, think like that, but. No, I think we have this yeah. automatic false sense of security. I think we all go into our relationship um, very egocentric and just like, yeah, like we're the man of this household. Nobody this would is, do anything to me. No, yeah, exactly. And mm, um, interesting. And I think that a lot of us are like, yeah, like we're good. I'm secure in my relationship. I'm mm. secure in my wife. I'm secure in my kids. Right. I'm, you know, until that rug gets pulled out from under you, and then you start rethinking life. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like my big turning point in life is when that rug got pulled out from under me. You know, in my 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 first marriage. Because I very much held myself like that, and I held my family like that. Like, man, we're a good family. We're we're secure. We're young, but we're learning things. Everything's not great, but we're learning. And every day's a struggle. But I felt like it was it was progressing. But you felt secure in it. I felt I felt completely secure in it, and literally until the rug got pulled out from under me, and I'm like, oh damn! Like, what a false sense of security I always had. Like, I had no idea like how how easily these walls could shatter, how easily this could all come crumbling down. And then once you learn that, you almost look at things from a different perspective. You look at your family from a different perspective. You don't take them for granted as normal as you, as you normally would have, I guess. So Um, yeah, talk about now you're in your second marriage. Yeah. That's nice. I pr- I protect my second marriage a lot differently than I did my first marriage. Mm. I am a lot more mindful of what I invite into our relationship, into our household, the type of friends that we keep, um, the type of um, content that comes into our house. I'm very mindful of all realms, you know, because I do understand and I do know that the rug could be pulled out from um, – not only my feet, but our feet at any time because I am only in control of me. I'm not in control. I mean, I might be so close with my kid and rule over my kid, but at the end of the day, he's a 15-year-old boy that has a mind of his own and can literally go do anything he wants without my permission if he feels like going out on that limb. You know what I mean? If my kid decided today Again, we're going to go with an extreme analogy. (laughs) If my kid decided today that he wanted to go steal a car, rob a bank, drive it off a cliff and parachute out of it while he was doing it with money flying out of a backpack, I could not stop him from doing that. Now, I could tell him everything leading up to that point that he wanted to do it. But at the end of the day, he could sneak out, do it all around my back without me ever knowing. Yeah. But the same thing goes for my wife, goes for my other children, goes for my, it goes for everyone around me without me controlling myself. Like anything can happen outside of my control because I don't have control over anyone but myself. So this is so good that you're bringing that up because again, coaching, that's exactly what we talk about is how we can control everyone around us by controlling ourselves. Like when we transform and change how we show up and how we communicate and how we do things, our relationships are forced to shift. Yeah. And that's power. 
And and they're going to shift either in the so, way we want them to or not. Well, how it, we show up affects that, right? 100%. So if you're a dick, yeah. you're going to probably not create a relationship that you really probably want in your heart. Right. This is also going back to this kind of communication, this eye for eye, tip for mm-hmm. tat communication. It breaks down people's safety in their Security, marriage. They yeah. don't feel like this is a safe marriage right. because now we are not a team. Now we are competitors and now we're out for each other and each other's kids. And, and that's that, a lot of time what you find in divorce. It becomes a huge competition. Yeah, it's like you're, you're previewing divorce in your marriage when you engage in this. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like I try, I, I mean, well, so you can control communication. And so I know you were talking about how you control, like, so for you, content that comes into our home, um, friends that we keep, you're mindful of, even what we engage in. I think we both, I think we're both very mindful of like, hundred percent where we spend our extracurricular time, yeah. who we're going out with, what we're doing, who sees us where, yeah, movies we watch, music we listen to, you know, things like that. But podcasts we listen to. But we don't we don't really talk about communication when we think like that. No, I think it's more of a It's a, a free for all. It, yeah, but it's more of a doing than a than a saying, but yeah, we don't have much conversation on that. No, subject. but even even when we talk about the things we control, communication should be the first thing. Hmm. Yeah, and it's right. the last thing. Yeah, because if I'm just we're talking about it, so I'm yeah, thinking and about it's it. All stemming up. But yeah. if we weren't talking about it, and somebody were to ask me this, communication would not be number one. No, unless you're talking to me, because communication number one is what you say. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> but, do as I say, not as I do. No, but I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? It, yeah. In in relationships either fly or fail on communication. 100%. It's the first thing, but it is the last thing that we try to control. It is the absolute last thing we will do. We will we will do everything else unless we have to change our communication style and that's the absolute hardest thing. And I don't know if it's an ego thing, a pride thing or we've just lived 40 years like this and or that's all really of the hard. Above, you know? It's habits we've created, it is patterns, it is we are triggered and hurt people. And it, when you're talking about communication, you have to really deal with a lot of other things to be able to show up differently. And I think that's the reason why. But it really should be the first thing we look at right. when we're talking about how to safeguard our marriage, how to protect our marriage, how to feel safe. Are you making your spouse feel safe? Are you communicating in a way that's bringing your spouse closer to you, like they feel like you are their person? Or are you communicating with them in a way that's making them out to be the enemy? Or maybe you're dismissive and like telling them how they should feel. It's not helpful. You've never told anyone how they should feel and they're like, oh, thank you. You're right. It's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful. Like this shouldn't matter to you. Oh, you fuck yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's a different one. (laughs) I pressed the wrong wrong red button. You got got an intro button. So how do we fix this? I have four ways. I would like to hear them. Okay. Thank you. So <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks. So I really like. I'm actually kind of curious are because you? you, yeah, you planned this all. I know. Without me, while I was per use. Per use. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Does it show through time. on the microphone? You don't even know what we're going to talk about until we sit down. When? Okay. 
So what are ways that you can kind of shift this tit for tat communication style? One, usually one of you is going to have to lead the charge unless you both are listening to this or you're going to have a conversation, which you should do. I think that married couples should talk about communication and how we communicate, but it's a mindset shift, right? So we talked about how when you're engaged with tit for tat conversation, it's like you guys are competitors. You know, someone wins, someone loses. We're always like pointing the finger and one-upping each other and, you know, what is that not? That's not being a team. So it's a mindset shift that when you talk to your spouse, you're looking at your teammate in life. You're not looking at them as the enemy. And when we do this tit for tat, eye for an eye thing, we're kind of making our spouse the enemy. And it's not helpful. It's not helpful in your blended family. It's not helpful in your marriage. It's not helpful anywhere. And it's only going to make you feel worse about your spouse to engage in this. Even if it's righteous and you feel like you are, like your spouse is bringing something to you that's just stupid because look at all the other shit that's happened and you're going to make this an issue. Well, yeah, it's going to tear down relationships. So mindset shift is that you start looking at your spouse as a teammate before you talk. You have that thought consciously before you say anything. I'm going to talk to my teammate. And I found this. I did not make this up, but I loved it. So TEAM is an acronym. I love me a good uh-huh. acronym. Uh-huh. Together, everyone achieves more. Have you heard that before? I have. I've never heard that before. And I was like, Dude, I mean, how much more effective could we be as parents in our home? I don't care if you're a bio parent, step parent, but as a unit in your home, you would achieve so much more of the goals you want and the household you want and the behaviors you want in your home if you guys really were doing it together instead of fighting each other. Yeah, because a team goes so much further than an individual. Oh, my gosh. Had you played sports, you probably would have heard this before. I was a dancer. uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, team sport. All right. I did do swimming in high school. Did you? Yeah. With a team? And I did what, what basketball like? and volleyball in junior high. What kind of I swimming was it? Was it like, Thank you um, very much. Was it the kind where you guys do the Kay. ballet things under the water? Number two. So okay. number one is shifting your mindset to a team. And that takes conscious effort, right? It doesn't just going to magically happen because you listen to this podcast. It is intentionally like maybe you give yourself a post-it note. And you put it so on the fridge if that's where you and your spouse talk a lot and you write the word team. Tattoo it on the inside of your lip. Okay. So when you pull it down, it says team. <sighs> Number two, I would say you and your spouse have a conversation and you create boundaries around communication. Yeah, I've been saying that all along. <laughs> I do, though. I'm always like, let's talk. It's all about team. It's all about teamwork. It's all yeah. about talking, communication. Like, you need to get on the same page, right? Yeah, but it's like creating boundaries. So what are we not going to do? We're not going to engage in this. And if we do, then one of us is just going to be silent and listen. And that gets me to know. So I think that communication has to have boundaries. Like, what is off limits? You know, like yelling might be off limits. Yeah. Or name calling or insulting well, each other's kids well, or here, uh, I don't know like what are what's off limits for you? Look at it look at it this way. So you're not escalating, you know? When you're when you're having this conversation with your kids, if you're having a conversation with your kids, mm-hmm. 
Would you let your kids talk to you this way? If you won't let your kids talk to you this way, don't talk to your spouse this way. If you won't let your child yell at you and call you names and cuss at you, don't do it to your spouse. Because as you said earlier in this, your kids are learning from this. So if you and your spouse argue by yelling at one another, name-calling one another, pointing the fingers, getting each other's face. And you're pointing the finger at me. I'm like, oh. Well, because <laughs> you're when getting in Rome, very worked up. Yeah. But do you let your kids do that to you? And if so, I mean, maybe you do, or maybe they do. Maybe your kids do this. Maybe but this why? is why you're tit for tatting in your home because the kids are allowed to do this That's and you're be- like, yep. no. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, and again, everyone's mm-hmm. heard it, just like the team acronym. Um, <clears throat> mm. Actions. I create. had not heard that. You have not I've, played real okay. sports. I did. I swam, I played basketball and volleyball. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I was on speech and debate in high school as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not <all> smart? <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Actions create reactions. Love. So, Actions create reactions. But with boundaries, right, I think it has. you have to have a plan of how to avoid tit for tat, right? Yeah. So yep. you have to know each other's triggers. You have to come up with a plan to avoid it and then implement it. And so that is a conversation so that how, you can avoid it. You know? How many people know oh, their spouse's triggers and use them? Like how many, you know what I mean? Like truly, you want to talk about- I was in a relationship like that. You still are. Okay. But you're just not married to him anymore. <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many people, like, like truly listening right now, like think mm. to yourself, like I know my spouse's trigger. Do I use that on them when we're arguing? So maybe that's a fighting? boundary. We do yeah. not engage in each other's triggers when we're talking one of about those, something. One of those triggers might be calling out their kid. Like you might have a huge problem with their stepson, and every time something comes yeah. up, you call them out. Or you bring up something that happened 10 years ago, so and it's is, like, how is that still part of the conversation? But this is genius because, listen, but if you, you know that you're, if you know your your spouse's child is a trigger, and every time you talk to your spouse about their child, they get offended, right. they get upset, they engage in tit for tat, here's what you can do. You can ask, and timing is everything, so don't ask this in a heated moment. Ask this over dinner somewhere. When in it's a, calm. In a very public <laughs> restaurant. No, but like ask your spouse. Like, you know, if I have a concern and don't don't attach this to a concern you have. Like just generally, if I have a concern about your child, what would be an okay way to bring that up to you without it creating a fight? Like how can I bring that to you so that it doesn't hurt our relationship or our marriage because that's not my intention and I know that it's a sensitive subject right I think you have to also acknowledge that listen I know your child is your everything and it's really hard to see things that aren't cool but I don't know how to come to you and it be okay but also when asking questions but also when asking like questions like this don't expect or demand an answer right away from them. Like, let them think about it? Let them think about it. Be like... That's a hard... That could be a hard question to answer. Yeah. Well, and I know I, I'm very much like hearing you talk about this. I'm like, you will sometimes ask me stuff like this. And I'm like, I have to... I feel like you want you an don't answer about answer it. You don't answer me. <laughs> but you well, never circle need, back around. Because I need to think about it. So rather than demanding an answer right then and there, be like, you know, would you mind just thinking about that and getting back to me on Send it? Send me you know? an email when you think. Yeah, email me, text me, you know, have your people call my me. people. Yeah. And, you know, we'll but figure let this me out. Know. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think that you have to be sensitive to triggers. And I, you know, if you know that it's going to cause something, what you can do is just ask, like, what's a good way? Maybe it is you email. Like, I have a concern, <laughs> and maybe I email. What uh, if okay. it, hey, if, if that it works saves for your family, a fight, yeah. if right. it saves no, a marriage, you know, or, you know, maybe it's the tone of my voice. Maybe it's how I come at you. Maybe it, the calling out thing is such a negative way to come at right. someone. I'm going to call this kid out. Like, who wants that? Who wants that? As a bio parent. So no. if that's how you're coming at your spouse, that probably is going to ignite some sort of argument. So it is a really good thing to ask your spouse how they would like to be communicated with about something that is right. really sensitive to them yep. and give them that opportunity. I mean, how caring is that? Number three. So this is something that annoys me so much, but I do it myself and then I annoy myself and Eric does it and it annoys me. <laughs> I do it and it annoys me. I can't wait to hear it. Stay on topic. Oh. So like if, if I, so for instance, if you come to me and you're like, your child slammed the door and my instinct is, yeah, well, your child, yeah, left, that's not left staying, the garbage disposal on all night. <laughs> that's not staying on topic. Mm -hmm. So address one issue at a time right. and do not piggyback. And this can go as like one of your boundaries if you want to make it. So you aren't engaging. You're consciously like we're going to deal with one issue at a time. But what happens is we don't deal with issues. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, and we let them, we don't, we either there's no time to, or we don't want to get into a fight, or we're just tired, and we let it go. But what we when we don't deal with things, they continue to add up. So what happens is when something's brought up, we do unleash and piggyback, well, this, 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 right? Because we never dealt with it. And so what I would advise is do not pig do not do not use something to piggyback off of for another issue you would like to bring up. Like that's kind of a coward's way to deal with things. Because you don't have the balls enough to bring it up on your own, you're going to go ahead and piggyback off of an issue that your spouse actually brought to your attention. And I think it's it's a very cowardly like stupid thing to do. Do you agree? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Stupid headed, headed dummy muffins. Yeah. But what do you think about that? I, no, I think that's a great thing. It's something that we all are going to need to learn and be trained. We have to train ourselves. It's a habit you have to break. It's a habit that you have to break, but yeah. you have to do it yourself. You can't, I mean, you can implement this and have a discussion that this is what we're going to do and, and we're not going to piggyback but it's something you have to personally implement. You can't. Yeah. You and know. it takes practice. You're not going to talk about this and it's going to be perfect. It might take you years to undo all these habits you have of tit for tat, eye for an well, eye. Well, and saying that but too. little by little, you'll be like, well, okay, we're just going to address this issue. And then if you you have to address something else, you once that's addressed, you can be like, hey, can we talk about this? Because this also has been bugging me. Yeah. It's very different than your kid did this. Yeah, well, your kid did that. But also you know? you're saying right now, like it could take years, like all of this stuff that we're talking about, everything that if you guys are avid listeners and this is you're listening, you know, because you want to make your blended family stronger and last. Don't expect this stuff to happen just by listening to this podcast or just mm -hmm. by having one conversation. You know, it's something that we need to practice 
day in and day out for months, years, you know, yeah. for, for time to come. Right. And we're never going to stop practicing this. This is never, there's never going to be a little chest that opens up and the heavens yeah. sing and ah, and it's like we've achieved yeah. excellentness, perfect greatness through our whole blended family. This is something that we always need to work on. I mean, my parents have been married for almost 45 years and they are still working on things together. Yeah. They're still they're still together. They still love one another, but they still have little Stuff. struggles and things that yeah. they work on. Well, but doesn't every mean se- that especially sorry, your 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 parents are going through different seasons in life. They're in a different season in life than when I first met them. 100%. And so yeah, with each new season comes up new issues yeah. and new struggles yeah. that so to your point, sorry, it just no, you're fine. But it's, like, it's just yeah, it's it's always like you have to. Something. If you're in a relationship and you want this relationship to last, know it's going to be work. Doesn't mean that's always going to be hard and that it's always going to be muddy, but it's always going to be work to have a good relationship. Yeah, you know, like again, you know, your kids are 18, they're out of the house and they're, you know, working and doing what they're what they want to be doing. Doesn't mean that. At that point, you are no longer a parent. That little box opened and the heavens sung. And like, no, you're going to continue to be a parent. It's just going to be a different season with different type of parenting, you know? And it's the same thing with a relationship. It's always going to be evolving, changing. And things are going to get so much better and so much easier and so much more fluid. But you still need to work on it. Yeah, 100%. So number four. Number four. And this is, well, uh, I have uh, I have a uh, bonus uh, always uh, uh, with my bonuses. <laughs> it's a really good one, though, so do not stop listening because the next one after this is amazing. This one, this one is, I you know, number four is get in the habit of owning your stuff and apologizing. So, you know, if you're engaging in this and you realize I fell off the wagon and I actually engaged in tit for tat and I lost my shit and I'm trying not to, and I apologize. Like, honey, I know that we it's decided way, that yeah. we weren't going to uh, go down this road and I totally just, I failed us and I did. And I'm really sorry. Like, it's I, that so didn't hard feel to be mad good. at someone that apologizes. If well, the, you're if just you like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It softens the. Yeah, and then your spouse is motivated to keep going because what often happens is we agree, we try, like we all are like, this is not good, we need to shift this. And then one of us flies off the handle because we're not perfect and, you know, we're learning and growing and we don't walk on water. And then we just don't address it and we're like, we just engage in it. And then our spouse is like, well, okay, I guess what we talked about is out the window. Like yeah. we're back to old habits. And so I think it's when you recognize that you've messed up, and I know most of us replay conversations in our head. You're not going to walk away from a tit-for-tat, eye-for-eye conversation and not know that you just had that. But what you can do is be like, I'm sorry. You know, you can be like, I I totally piggybacked, and I I should have brought this to your attention and not a separate time, and I shouldn't have engaged, and I'm sorry I yelled, and I'm, you know, and take ownership for your part in it. And it will energize your spouse to keep going and make them want to try with you. And it that creates connection and in- intimacy and also creates a safer relationship. Because when your spouse sees you vulnerable in that moment, taking ownership and apologizing, yeah, like, you're like, that's my spouse. I'm thinking about Pup Pup the whole time, <laughs> a little doggy. 
<laughs> Why are you thinking about pup up? Because I'm like, you know what? If he, if he could just if, take ownership for the things he, he if does. He would, yeah, if he would just, you know, like he accidentally didn't make it outside and he peed on the floor or something. And mm. rather than us finding it like two weeks later, you know, and smelling it and finding it. But if he like, like I didn't make it outside and he comes and he finds it's us and kids. he's just, yes. and he's real happy. And he's just like, he brings you over to it. And he's like, I'm sorry. You know, he does a little cowardly, like little crawl, like looking up at you. You would pick him up be like, it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. And we're going to clean it up and we'll take care of it. You know, it's like a, like a little kid. I, we probably all dealt with this. Your little kid tries to make it to the toilet and ends up pooping on the floor right in front of the toilet while they're potty training. And you're like, you know, I've you, never you, dealt with you that. Go, you go in. Yeah. They, you know, it's like they just <laughs> didn't make it, you know, and, and they, you, you go in like hours later and step in it while going to walk in, oh, you know, and man. like all of a sudden, like this you're just gross. mad at your kid. But then if your kid's like, oh, mom, I didn't make it, you know, they come out and they're just real it remorseful. Like an, it it's, brings it's, like an empathy. Like it it's brings... okay. We'll clean it up, you know. Right. Uh, okay. So, so maybe not pooping on the floor, but how about a kid who was sick in bed and threw up in bed? You know, they, they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't get out of bed. They were sick and they couldn't yeah. make it out of bed and they're just, they're not feeling good. They're sick. I'm sorry. I yeah. threw up on myself, you know, or, or yeah. you and your, your, you and your friends and one just threw up in their hair because they party too much. They just feel bad for throwing up in the backseat of your car. Right. You if they never said anything to me, I would be yeah, pissed. Like, you'd be, it, pissed. You'd be like, hey, but acknowledge. That's it. See, I knew I could, I knew I could get you on board with one of these. Thank you. The drunken hair throw up thing. I yes, resonated yes, with I that. Knew, yeah. Thank I knew you. you'd be able to one of them. So, yeah, I, it definitely softens things and it um, creates connection. So it's an important piece to communication to be able to say I'm sorry and to acknowledge where you messed up. I'm sorry. For what? I just messed up. For what? I, everything. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm softening the blow. But you everything. can't have blanket, like be specific <laughs> also. Like that's, I'm sorry. If you start every day with I'm sorry, it's going to lose. Do. It's like. I kind of start every day important. with I'm sorry. <laughs> so here's something that. Is this number five? Is this our bonus? Yeah. Go, come on, at least like drum roll it for us. Well, it's, here's the deal. Why do we do this? And we all, here's the deal. I think we all want to fight to be seen in our marriages, right? Stepmoms especially. And I, bio moms when you're co-parenting or bio dads when you're co-parenting and you have uh, a, an ex-wife who just wants to take you to the laundromat and ring you out or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, but when you're dealing with people, you want to be seen. So here's what I think tit for tat is. It's like, see me, no, see me, see my kid, no, see my kid, my kid, me. And I think that, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm thinking of Helen Keller. How did she ever survive a relationship? Did she have a relationship? I don't. Okay. okay. So we all want, we all will fight to be seen. And I think when we get in fights or arguments in our marriages, it's because we want so badly for our spouse to see us and hear us, and when they don't because they are dismissive or they deflect or they tit-for-tat us with something else that's not even related to what we brought up, and it feels very, very dishonest. It feels bad not to be seen, and we want that for our kids too, and I think that's why we get so offended when people talk about our kids, especially when the step-parent in the house talks about the kid. Because if all you're doing is bringing up bad shit 
the kid does, that doesn't feel good as a bio parent. And you don't feel like your kid is even seen. A part of them might be seen. Or they're misunderstood. Like, it's like, man, like, you don't see any good in my kid, you know? So we get offended in tit for tat because we don't feel like our kid is fully seen. So we are going to point out the other kid, right? Or in our marriage, we get into fights because we're not seeing our spouse. And the best way to counteract this is to make sure you're letting the people in your family know without a doubt that you see them. See, if your spouse felt, and it's not about agreeance, like you don't have to think that your spouse is hurt, they should be hurt or not, is not the point. The point is that they're hurt. Whether you think they should be or not is irrelevant. It's not helpful to your relationship. Your opinion about their hurt doesn't matter. But what you can do is allow, like, you can acknowledge that you see this. How can I help you through this? I'm so sorry you're le- you're feeling this way. Like, how can I help you through this? With your stepkids, make sure you're, you're, you see them beyond the bad things, right? Make sure that you're acknowledging how proud you are to your stepkid, but also to your spouse. Because if your spouse feels like you see your stepchild for the good and that you see their efforts and you see that they're not all evil because that tends to happen. And stepmoms, we feel that too, or stepdads. Step, the step parent term ha- comes with the term evil, evil stepmom, right? Look at all the fairy tales, wicked stepmom. So when stepmoms feel like they're seen, right, beyond just the wickedness and the evilness and the manipulativeness that comes with it, and they're actually seen. I think everyone calms down, and there's not really a need for tit for tat because you're able to then deal with one issue at a time because everyone feels seen, and there's not this need for offense. Like, you're not going to be offended if you feel seen in your marriage. You're not going to be offended about your children if you feel like your children are really seen by their step parent. You're going to be able to handle your your spouse coming to you and being like, "Well, your kid slammed the door. Oh, I'm sorry. Like maybe we should what do you think we can do to stop that?" Instead of being like, "Well, your kid," right? Because that's coming from a place that feels very unseen. Like you don't you know what I'm trying to say? Does this make sense or am it I makes just Makes sense. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about like What do you think about that? That th- no, those are that's a great idea, like in thoughts, like on that, like it's a good way to approach it. But I'm also like sitting here thinking, like, man, a lot of us didn't grow up being equipped to be step peoples. I'm a de- I'm identifying as a step people, not no gender included. I'm I'm a I'm a people now. Um, You're Kendall. I'm a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a Barbie. Sm- either smooth way, smooth it over. At least she had lady lumps. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you hate that word. No, I hate that word, I but I just accept um, it now. No, but I'm just I'm sitting here thinking about this while you're explaining this. Uh, um, you know, a lot of us didn't grow up ever thinking we were going to become step parents. No, I was know? only going to get married once because uh, my parents. All of us were. That was the intention, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, man, a lot of people don't, including like my parents. My my parents can give us great advice. I I, I I've used them a lot tonight. But at the end of the day, they can't really give you advice. My parents have never been step parents. 
you know, as a lot of our parents probably haven't been step parents. All my parents I have know. been step parents. Well, <laughs> your parents, yes. My whole I come from step people. <laughs> step pe- We're all people. People, yes, yes. You identify as step people. Or a people. Um, I'm I just I'm gonna identify as an idiot. <laughs> I'm just an idiot. I like that guy. Um it's just it's a very it's mm-hmm. not something that we prepare for in lives that we learn for. Right now, this day and age. None of us, and probably you guys listening, are we preparing ourselves to be good step-parents? I don't think so. Like, maybe one day we want our kids to be good parents. Right now we want our kids to be good kids and good human beings. And when they grow up, we want them to be good parents, right? That's our goal but for But we all don't our ever kids. think of the reality we, that our kids are going to maybe be step-parents that's themselves. That's it. We don't talk. We don't teach our kids, like, hey, one day when you grow up, like, I want you to be a good parent and empath- empathize outside of what feels comfortable to you, what feels normal to you, you know? And it, it's a very... Well, it was interesting because even as a child and being a stepchild and growing up with step-parents my whole life... I really didn't understand or empathize until I became a step parent right. and I was like, holy It's a whole shit. different realm. I'm even thinking of like, like okay, like I get now. I get. And even my mom is a bio parent who had to co parent in the way she I'm like, it didn't doesn't mean I agree with how things went down, but, but I'm you understand like, some things a little well, differently. Well, that's really hard. Right. Like, you know, it it's really easy. Like my my dad my stepmom, as much as her and I don't have a relationship right now, my dad went to work. She had, she took care of me all day. She In fed summers, me. Yeah. She took me. She made sure I had friends. She clothed me. She, we used Did to watch soap you? operas. No, but we used to watch soap operas together in the middle of the day. Damn, all the things you wanted to do. But like she poured into me, you know what I mean? And it maybe at times wasn't. Awesome, but she <laughs> took me horseback riding. My stepsister yeah. is a horse trainer, and I got she facilitated. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was a horse. Your your stepsister identifies mm-hmm. as a horse. Is a horse trainer. As a horse, but my stepmom facilitated pretty much the entirety of my summers. Made sure yeah. I went to youth group. Like my dad was a was a very um, traditional man, so not in charge of social events. Um, went to work and was the provider, but he did not cook. He did not clean. He did not do laundry. I mean, my dad kind of cooked a little bit when he wanted to, but like my stepmom didn't work. And so she was the one who, you know, she had to take me places and she didn't just leave me at home, but that's hard to do. when that's a kid that's not your kid. And also knowing the relationship my stepmom and stepdad had with my bio mom and step, wait, all the co-parenting relationship and that was really like restraining orders, you guys. It was horrible. And so I'm like, wow. Like it was, it's just, it's, I have, I appreciate, I appreciate that she made sure I had summers that weren't left at home alone. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? No, that's, like, that's awesome. But, but I never saw that until I was a step parent. I never would have even never, had I never been a step because you don't understand it. You don't understand. You're just like I that's mean, what un- they should yeah, do. Yeah, until you identify as an idiot, yeah. you'll never understand an idiot. You know. And oh. now talking about your traditional dad, I kind of want to be a traditional idiot. So oh, wow. just saying. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's it. That's it. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. On that note. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for being here with us. Again, sorry for just kind of the, the lapse in time in between them. But 
gives us time to prepare fun, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of curious, so you can either con- reach out and let us know, but I'm curious, do you guys like more the podcasts where we stay on one topic and give you tips on things, or do you guys miss answering questions that you write in about? I'm just curious what well, should you Should we prefer? do a little bit of all? Because that's always... Like a too. question at the yeah. end of each. We're just, we're we're in a, a place where we can kind of grow and shift and change, which is wonderful. Well, and I think that we need, we're but at a place where we need to grow, shift, and change to what you guys want yeah, to hear. So if you, you have you an like. opinion on this, let us know your opinion because it does matter. We ask for a lot of things, you yeah. know, a lot of opinions and thoughts and stuff. And it's hard because so many pe- people write in and well, we can't respond to everyone and we try to, but it's it's a lot. So, and we love it. Please keep writing in. But would it be helpful for you guys to hear on air our thoughts and answers to situations, or do you just prefer? Well, yeah, this? that and engage with us, you guys. If you follow us on social media, you engage with us. You stay up to date on stuff. Like for instance, something that came and went that I'm sure some of you listening right now are like, "Dang it, I missed it because it's gone now." So don't write in now. But we had a TV show opportunity the other day, which we might talk about. Um, and we decided we declined to go forward with it, but talking with a casting, um, uh, producer director, we basically passed on the opportunity to you guys. And we had a bunch of you, we put out on social media that were looking for blended families that are interested in being on a TV show with blended families. And it went out to a lot of people, but I, we only got a few inquiries, but they got passed on and someone's going to be used for that. So if you guys did pay attention to that and did inquire, um, all of your inquiries got passed on. I, I only, I didn't respond to all of them. I apologize. It's just, it's been a week. Um, but some lucky <laughs> blended family is going to be on their own TV show. So it's really yeah. awesome. So Anyways, stay in touch. Yeah. We love you guys. We're Thank grateful. you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.